Transmitting from the lovely little city of Taylor, Texas, you are listening to Plow and Hose, a show dedicated to the joys and challenges of organic backyard gardening in Central Texas. I am your host, Julie Rydell. Welcome to the show. Hey there, plant people. Thank you for joining me again today. Um, Might as well just go ahead and start off and state the obvious it's hot. It's crazy hot. End of July. I'm totally sick of it. And we have transitioned from irrational heat to really, really bad heat. And it's making me sad and depressed with uh, everything dying. Um, doesn't leave me very optimistic, but you know, especially considering, you know, all the wonderful rain that we got back in May. My backyard was so beautiful. It was lovely. Everything was green and leafy and just gorgeous. And it it lasted pretty good. And now everything is dry and really crispy and crunchy. I walk out into the backyard and the grass just crunches underneath and everything is suffering. Um, you know, the things that I'm not watering are really bad off the grass, especially. And I'm not even really sure I can call it grass anymore because it is just absolutely dead. Summertime is a fun time of year for me. I enjoy summer. Um, I especially love the sunny, long, light days, but this heat is stupid. Um, I guess there's always a catch. It's, uh, life's never, you know, 100% and perfect all the time. There's always got to be something. And this intense summer heat has just been brutal, brutal here lately. And, um, Honestly, it's hard to uh, stay motivated in my garden. And I told my husband I was thinking about just stopping watering and just letting everything go, not doing anything until it cools off. Um, just because it's like kind of depressing to be out there. Um, the squash, you know, it finally took off and started blooming and I had some really nice flowers out there. But... Um, yeah, they got squash vine borers. The tomatoes that I have, I got lots of wonderful tomatoes this, this summer, but they are also looking uh, pretty bad, and that's because they got spider mites. And also my okra have ants crawling all over them, and I just feel so close to giving up and just quitting, but I can't because I swear every time I go out there, I'll discover, um, some new blossoms or new baby fruits and I just can't give up. I mean, not yet. I just can't. I I picked this beautiful cucumber today. 
So I'm just going to keep going and enjoying things the way they are because I really love my summertime routine and school is going to be starting soon. So I want to enjoy my garden while I can. And, you know, pretty soon I'm going to really focus on my fall garden, which really needs to be planted in August. And, you know, who knows, we might actually get some rain between now and then it's totally possible but you know if everything dies and burns up I am really going to be at peace with my efforts and just really focus on being excited about moving on to a successful fall growing season so for this time of year we can plant again Um, we can plant a second round of corn cucumbers We can put in eggplant transplants, warm season greens. We can plant okra, southern peas, like black-eyed peas. Um, We can put in um, pepper transplants, summer and winter squashes, and also tomato transplants. If you are planning um, on growing corn, okra, warm season greens, or winter squash, really get that done that first week of August because this is the time of year to plant it. Uh, you don't want to wait around because the seed sowing window for these crops um, closes in the first half of August. So try to get them in the first week of August. If you can't get them in, get them in the second week of August because after that there just won't be enough time for them to be um, active growing and before it gets um, too late. But for me, I am, I think I'm going to like only put in two things. I want some more cucumbers and some more tomatoes. So, um, you know, the, I, I'm still having um, some cucumbers. Armenian cucumbers are still doing well for me. I've got some small Asian cucumbers, but um, they're, they're still producing. They're just not great. Um, I've been doing a really good job watering the cucumbers, um, mainly because I really enjoy them. And the plants do seem happy and, um, for the most part, healthy. But I've noticed, um, not noticed, I am getting misshapen fruits where the cucumbers um, won't grow straight. They curl, and then they don't get as large um, as I'm used to. Or they have like some weird points at the blossom end where they're just kind of weird shaped. And these odd shapes are caused by poor pollination. Now, partial pollination can happen anytime. Um, it happens a lot in uh, to those in the gourd, squash, melon family. And we see it happen most often when it gets too hot and dry. But It can also be caused by unusually wet conditions, but also by lack of pollinators or the wrong kind of pollinators. Cucurbits, those are the squashes and melons, cucumbers, gourds. They have um, big, heavy, sticky pollen, and not all pollinators are able to deal with with it. Larger bees like bumblebees and honeybees, you know, they can they can deal with it fine. Smaller bees and other insects, they just aren't interested in 
big sticky pollen because it weighs them down. Honeybees aren't crazy about the heat either. They are tolerant to about 90 degrees. And then once the temperatures get above um, above that, once it gets and stays in the mid-90s, they aren't nearly as active. And they limit their foraging to the mornings before the temperatures rise up for the day. Pollen also degrades in the heat. And that contributes to this incomplete pollination. Um, the pollen isn't as viable. And so you'll get fewer and fewer um, fruits. But you know what? Crooked and misshapen fruits, you know, they don't look very nice. But you can always, always slice off that weird part and enjoy the rest of it. Um, around here, the few cucumbers that I am getting are really hit or miss and more miss because a whole bunch of them are bitter. And that's just because of these stupid extended extreme temperatures, these super hot temperatures that we're having with this heat wave and we're not getting any sort of break it's stressing out all the plants and cucumbers will get bitter. Sometimes that bitterness will be concentrated at the stem end or through the skin, but you can just always peel that off and it'll taste okay. Sometimes it's all the way through and um, the cucumbers are so bitter that they're pretty inedible and that's what I've been getting. I, I, I don't like that flavor. And this bitter yuckiness is caused by a compound called um, cucurbitacins. Um, they are found in all cultivated cucumbers. Um, it's always present in the leaves and the stems. Um, this bitterness helps the cucumber. Um, it protects them from being um, too tasty to animals and it keeps them from getting all nibbled up. But when it gets super hot, like it's been this summer, the plants produce more of the cucurbitacin, and it stores it in the fruits to protect the fruits and the seeds from animals. Plants make fruits and seed pods so that there will be a future generation, and they have evolved to respond to conditions. When conditions are undesirable, they respond. And in this case, they increase the bitter compounds. And this is like a last ditch effort to protect those seeds. So, you know, we'll have a next generation of cucumbers. And I know that's nature. And I know that's why it's like that. But it's still annoying to me. Um, I know the plants are just doing what they need to do, but I just want a nice, fresh cucumber. It's been a struggle, but I'm hoping to get a few more good cucumbers from my garden. Um, I'm still getting flowers, so I know the chances aren't great to get a fresh, sweet cucumber. Cucumbers really like to have consistently moist soil. They don't like to dry out 
And that's been very challenging this year, but I am trying, but I'm also going to start some uh, baby cucumber plants from seeds for my fall garden. And also another thing, don't forget, all plants benefit from afternoon shade. If they don't have it, provide some by putting up some sort of shade cloth. The afternoons can be so awful and so hard on plants that are in full sun for most of the day. Cucumbers are heavy feeders, just like um, a lot of our summer annuals. And it's probably time to replenish some of the nutrients since our plants have um, been, you know, productive up until it got, um, you know, this really gross summer heat wave that we've been having. Really, all you need to do is just a bit of compost at the base of your plants, and this is going to help enrich the soil. You could also sprinkle a little organic fertilizer on top. Um, you know, something that is gentle and well-balanced in nutrients. Don't pick one that has high nutrient percentage. Those are the NPK numbers on the package. Um, it's going to be way too strong, especially this time of year. Use one instead that has low numbers and that are all about the same, like 555 or 332, something like that doesn't have to be those exact numbers but you want ones that have lower numbers so you know you won't cause more stress by giving them too much fertilizer now I know that sounds weird but with this heat you have to be careful with extra fertilizer it's tempting because you have experience and you know that fertilizer um, your plants will respond but you have to remember that stressed and weak plants don't respond to fertilizer like healthy plants when we've had plenty of heat and water stress this summer. So unless you know exactly what sort of nutritional deficiencies your plants have, compost is really so beneficial this time of year. Excess fertilizer, excessive fertilizer can burn your plants from the inside out. Um, crispy brown edges on yellow leaves is a classic sign of fertilizer burn. You got too much fertilizer. So a very weak diluted organic liquid product or compost tea would be great, beneficial. Um, but start with a mild or weak dilution. You can always add more another day, but it is hard to reverse over fertilization. Compost and compost tea are always very safe to add any time of the year. Just don't apply compost to plants during the heat of the day. Um, just like you wouldn't want to water during the heat of the day. Um, you know, regular compost from your pile or your bag, just put that down whenever. Compost tea, if you, um, you know, you can buy compost tea in the store, um, but it's so easy to make and your plants will really appreciate the nutrients plus the extra hydration. And all you have to do is just plop a shovel to a shovel full or two of compost into an old pillowcase, you know, tie a knot in the end and then just 
drop it in a tub or a bucket filled with water. And then, you know, let that soak in the sun for a couple of days and until the um, liquid is dark. And, you know, be sure to visit your concoction and, you know, slosh the pillowcase up and down like a tea bag. Your compost tea in just a couple of days is um, going to be ready and it should smell earthy. And that's it. And you can just use that. You can use it as a soil drench and pour it. Um, pour that on, on the base of your plants and let that soak in or you can use it as a foliar feed and spray your plants. And, you know, plants are really cool because they can absorb nutrients through their leaves. So, you know, get up early in the morning and you can um, spray your compost tea on the leaves and the leaves are going to suck up the water and the nutrients and it will absorb it in a different way. So if you're interested, aerated compost tea is a um, really cool product because it incorporates oxygen into the brew. And it's actually really easy to make too, um, but you do need some extra supplies like an aquarium pump and a bubbler stone. So if you are um, interested in learning more about the benefits of oxygenated, aerated compost tea and how to set up an aeration system at your house, check out episode 23 from July 13, 2021. Um, just search for that in the Plow and Hose archive. One of my favorite things about summertime is fresh produce straight from the garden. And I love easy summertime meals. So I'm always looking for ideas to elevate and enhance flavors of fresh produce. Quick salads are my go-to for cool and refreshing meals. And the best recipes always seem to feature just a small amount of high quality ingredients. If you are looking for something exceptional to complement your meals, try the specialty oils and vinegars from McAvoy Ranch. From orchard to bottle, McAvoy Ranch has been crafting California olive oil for three generations. Their estate-produced olive oil is grown, harvested, milled, and bottled with the highest standards. This summer, I am really enjoying their blood orange olive oil. A quick drizzle adds richness and a sophisticated hint of citrus. If you enjoy fine foods, but you also like supporting small family businesses, visit www.mcavoyranch.com and enter promo code PLOW15 to receive 15% off your next order of award-winning products. That's McAvoy. M-C-E-V-O-Y ranch.com Well, it's just hot and gross here and I'm kind of tired of um, talking about that. So um, let me switch here and I want to tell you about um, a little quick trip that we um, took in July. We went up to Northwest Arkansas to see our two oldest kids who are 
up there for college. Um, they were up in the Ozark Mountains, and they had stayed for summer school instead of coming home this summer. Um, so wasn't crazy about that, but um, I enjoyed going up to see them. And I got to say, it was so wonderful and pleasant up there. It was nice and green and sunny and warm and just the perfect summer weather. I mean, I know, of course, they have a different climate and scenery. So, and that is very different from our flat farmland that we have around here. But anyway, I wanted to share um, a plant-related story about that trip. So there is this grocery store near campus that I like to visit when we, we are there. It's a independent lo- local grocery co-op and You know, they have locally made items and organic foods and local produce and they have like a little coffee bar, but they also have a small little garden section and it's really cute. Um, Most of the time they have um, native plants and um, honestly, you know, it was July, I was kind of surprised that they had any outdoor plants at all, but they did. And I found the cutest little plants, and I'm really excited about them. So they are called, the Latin name is Femoranthus calcinium. That's a lot. Um, I've never heard of that, Um, but anyway, um, I hadn't heard of the common name either, Sometimes they are called fame flowers. Sometimes they're called rock pinks. I guess it just depends on who is uh, referring to them. I don't know. I don't really care um, what they're called because I am just absolutely in love with these little flowers. Fame flowers are a native succulent wildflower. They are part of the Portulaca and Purslane family. Fame flowers are small plants. Um, the leaves are thin and needle-like. They sort of look like um, a rosemary, but they are fleshy, um, just like their portulaca and purslane cousins. Um, but, you know, they're smaller and they have a different flower. Fame flowers grow low to the ground and they grow in little clumps. They are short little plants that um, remind me of other succulents like sedums that kind of just been, they can be tucked into small spaces when you need a little something to fill a space. Now, to me, the most remarkable thing about this plant are the flowers because they are just so delightful and they are the reasons I had to buy some and bring them back to Taylor. The flowers are stunning. Um, at least to me they are. They are just a gorgeous, bright magenta color. Um, They have five simple petals. The blossoms are a little bit smaller than a nickel. And when you look in the center, they have um, all so many red, delicate, thin, thread-like stamens. And then they're topped with this intense orange 
anther. Those are the little pods where the pollen is um, is stored. So you've got the magenta, the red, and the orange, and they are just so bright and beautiful and they make me happy. And probably, you know, the flowers alone are really cool, but the best part is that these cool little flowers are perched on top of these long, thin stems. And these stems are called panicles. They are thin like little wires and they shoot up from the clump almost, um, I don't know, maybe a foot above the leaves. The flower buds are um, like little ruby colored beads. Oh my goodness, I've got like some little kittens and they are just going crazy right now. So ignore that. I'm trying to but anyway, let's get back to these famed flowers. The, f um, the flowers are kind of unusual, um, not only because of the, the panicles, but also because they won't open until the heat of the day. Um, you know, that's weird. A lot of flowers open in the morning when the temperatures are cooler and... Then also we have flowers that don't open until nighttime and that's because they are trying to attract night pollinators. So it's kind of different that these guys wait until at least noon to open. While um, fame flowers aren't native to central Texas, um, they'll do well in our climate just like their larger relatives, Portulaca and Purslane. If you'd like those two plants um, for their flowers and their drought tolerance, you know, try Fame Flower or another Purslane cousin, Jules of Opar. These flowers, Jules of Opar, do um, really well here. And they are really cool too because they have those same long thin panicle stems like fame flower and those panicles can get up to three feet tall when the, the flowers open they bloom into these sweet tiny dark pink stars and when this um when it sets seeds the seeds head they look like little ruby red gemstone beads too and they are also really pretty they're delicate and wispy and kind of exotic looking and the name just really seems to fit both fame flowers and jewels of opar will recede pretty freely they have these tiny little seeds that are lightweight and you will find little plants popping up in funny, unexpected places. Purslane does this too, um, but I've got a little Jewels of Opar plant that popped up in, um, in between the bricks in the patio, and I found another one um, kind of in the back of the garden, and that's pretty far away from 
the uh, other jewel of Opar, the original plant that I have. Normally, I probably would have pulled up um, a plant that is growing in the cracks um, on the patio, but I just love jewels of Opar. Um, it's also edible. Um, the leaves on both Fame Flower and Jewels of Opar, um, they're edible, just like purslane, and you can also eat them raw. They um, they taste a little bit better. They don't have the sour, tangy, lemony flavor like purslane. Um, so they are kind of a nice little addition to summer salads. They are one of the few leafy greens that will grow um, through our hot, hot Texas summers. Plus, you get lovely little pink flowers. Um, despite being such delicate-looking plants, fame flowers and jewels of opar are really tough. They are very drought and heat tolerant, and they're super easy to take care of. They prefer well-drained soil and plenty of sun, so... You know, if you put them in our clay soil, make sure that you amend the soil so that they um, will drain well. They do prefer more fertile soil um, than purslane, which will grow in ridiculously poor conditions. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's pretty easy to fix if you want to plant um, fame flowers or jewels of opar. Um, you know, just give them some compost and fertilize them. And, you know, occasionally you can give them some liquid seaweed or some compost tea. You know, just like with all plants, the more fertile and rich the soil is, the larger and healthier your plant will be. Okay, friends. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, I'm going to cut it off now. Um, but my next show, I am going to focus on um, the fall garden, especially fall tomatoes. So even though it is hot and miserable right now, I maintain gardening can be fun. Until next time, bye. Production assistance provided by KBSR, Black Sparrow Radio. Original music created by Alex Cuervo. Discover more of his music at alexcuervo.tv. If you love plants and gardening in Central Texas, be sure to click the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and never miss seasonal information on Plow and Hose. Plow and Hose is written and recorded at my home in Taylor, Texas.